I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day before, well, a few days before New Year's Eve? I'm doing good. People on the East Coast aren't doing so well. They're a little cold right now. Yeah, big old cold snap. Buried them in a bunch of snow. Unfortunately, it's also leaving dozens dead. Right, but was it record-setting snow? Was it? No. It was just snow, snow? It's just snow, snow, and it's not record-setting cold either. That was set back in 1888. Really now? 132 years ago. It was 20, what was the record? The record was negative 50. Ooh, that sounds a little bit icy. Yeah, and 400 unfortunate souls lost their lives back then. So it is bad for them right now, but it's not as the governor and others are making it out to be. It's interesting that here in recent times, everything is a super freeze or a polar freeze or this frozen or that cold or and then when you look back in a short uh, short amount of time in history, even going back to 2006, where uh, record snowfall hit 26.9 inches in a very short amount of time, it's not, it's bad, but it's not as bad as they make it out to be. Well, they have to make, it, it seems like there is a need to make everything out to be a crisis, because in a crisis, you get to do things that you wouldn't ordinarily get to do. If there is a state of an emergency, the governor or the president gets to have extra power and do things they wouldn't ordinarily have the authority to do. So if you start calling everything an emergency, you get more power. And then it also makes people feel their feelings and, oh my gosh, we have to do something. And then they don't seem to care as much about the bad outcomes. Not not the bad outcomes of, you know, like, people dying, freezing, that things. I mean that something, money is given from one hand to another, but they don't care because on the side, look at things, oh, well, they were doing it in a state of emergency. Correct. And thank goodness that the folks back in 1888 during the Great Blizzard didn't catch on to that as well, but we weren't that sophisticated yet, so they didn't know what they didn't know in 1888. Wasn't it also interesting that heating oil prices are the highest they've been in a long time? They've had a heating oil shortage back in the Northeast since um, August, September of this month when they started looking at the numbers. Heating oil is up 28% during a super freeze, and I would bet that uh, the accounting of some of the deaths are due to the fact that the folks probably don't have heating oil or couldn't afford it. Therefore, they had to go minimalist or without And that's part of the cause of folks that cause the problem. Then they say they're the solution. Absolutely. And I did notice, though, that a couple of the deaths here within the last day or so were from people out driving in their vehicles and they froze to death. And um, there is a standing order. I believe it's in Buffalo of uh, no drive at this time. Oh, really? Yes, they do not want people out on the streets for this very reason. So I was thinking some of it, too, could be carbon monoxide poisoning. You get stuck, you keep your car on trying to keep warm, 
running out your fuel, but then if your tailpipe gets clogged. Very possible, and I would bet that could um, amount to a death or two or more. But freezing seems to be the the big one, that they say people are frozen in their cars. Well, it's interesting also that New York, among other states, but I just saw the headline for New York, as of November 8th, 2022, they're advocating a push for the all-electric building in New York. Let's get rid of the heating oil and let's go with all electric. And I hope their their all electric does not mean all solar and battery storage because that weather back there is not conducive with running batteries and solar year round. And they won't put uh, windmills in rich areas because they don't look pretty. So you can only put them in poor areas. I guess they'll have to look for enough windmills that with their blades that are going to time out every 20 years, but they just won't really care where nope. it comes from, out of sight, out of mind. Put them in the big blade pile. Absolutely. It's interesting how all this stuff kind of ties in together, though, because as we're having climate issues with cold right now, and I don't mean climate issues, I mean weather issues because it is wintertime, you have a shortage of heating oil, you have part of New York wanting to go all electric, then you have Biden's climate czars who want to fly around private jets and live like kings. And they don't have to report on anything that they're doing and any FOIA requests that you have for what they're paying the climate czar and what he's doing, what he's spending, they are keeping on the um, they're keeping secret, basically. Right, and they are able to stay warm and comfortable while people across America shiver and freeze to death. It's not the time to do without fossil fuels. It is time to start weaving the two in and out of each other so we can get to a place where one will start to lessen or deplete itself, which is fossil fuels, and we can increase consumption and and battery life and solar, but we are nowhere near that point yet. No, and what we're, we're digging out of the earth and how we're getting it also needs to be considered because if you have to use child labor, if you have to use slave labor, and if you're destroying the earth but you don't care because you don't see it, uh, we have a problem. And we should not be turning a blind eye to the fact that your electric vehicle and its components come from the help of slave labor. We should not be okay with that. Explain what you mean by slave labor. People who are forced to work against their will. That be underage kids? Some are, are young children and then some are adults who are also forced to work against their will, forced to work in conditions against their will. It's interesting that you say this because it just so happened, and pardon my paper ringing, uh, there's some place in Africa called Deep, Deep, Deep. Do you know what the DRC is? No, what is the DRC? Democratic Republic of the Congo. It's basically the Congo. So it just so happens that cobalt comes from the Congo. That is the largest reserve of cobalt in the entire world. As a matter of fact, almost 80% of the cobalt that is mined comes from there. And it's mined from Chinese companies through Congolese people. And even though there is 
written agreements with major corporations like Apple, Microsoft, chip manufacturers, Tesla, others that promise they will not use or purchase anything that's done with child labor. However, it's not tracked appropriately, and there's been some pretty good uh, video come out of the country over there. We're out of 150,000 miners in the Congo. 40,000 of them are youth labor. It's very unfortunate that that country over there in Africa is one of the most violent, and they have the most disease. And that's where we need to get our our supposed green dealings from. Well, yeah, we're going green, but we're hurting a citizenry in the process. And they're being paid a whopping $1.50 to $2 per day to mine in an area that's very rich with minerals, but it's very toxic and very dangerous to do it the way they do it, which is no masking, no gloves, no goggles, no type of PPEs or safety equipment whatsoever. And in the last two years since COVID has hit, they've had um, a big tank in their economy, even though they're still producing a lot of it, they've dropped the wages down below right at a buck per day. That is terrible. So there's so many things though that have come out of there besides cobalt. Out of the Congo? Yes, and into the Congo. Ebola was very prevalent in the Congo. In the Congo. There's a new disease that's been found. It's um, RVF, which is another zoonotic mosquito-borne disease. COVID has taken a lot of lives. AIDS is very big in that area for several reasons. And the history of the Congo actually goes back, believe it or not, to the very first advent of the automobile and tires. Really? Yes, because they had found back in the 1880s that there was an abundance of material to make rubber for tires. So they raped and pillaged the folks there during that era, which was basically the automotive first automotive revolution. And then now they're saying that the batteries for vehicles, the lithium ion batteries, are the second revolution of the automobile and they're being fleeced again for their natural resources. Because there's about 60 million people in the country and they're the fourth or fifth poorest in the entire world. And they were the most violent on the planet. Wow. That is very unfortunate. Well, it is, and there's been multiple lawsuits brought to try to correct all this. However, they always come back, these judges come back to that phrase, you do not have standing. They could not find Microsoft and them guilty of anything because they're the end user. They're not the beginning of the chain. Right, so it's not really their fault. They're just buying a product that somebody else is doing the bad thing with. Even though it's known. You can look at the videos. They know how this stuff is mined. Okay, so then, so I, I understand this is a, a different country and the laws are different. 
but it kind of reminds me of um, the law that we have here, receipt of stolen property. So if you know that somebody is forced into labor and that's stolen, you know, it's stolen labor, stolen rights, stolen um, from the people, and you know that they're doing it and you receive this property, even if you're purchasing this property, it's almost, to me, it's like the same thing. Receiving stolen goods. Yeah. Yes. So the phraseology used when they don't use equipment to mine for that stuff and actual young youth are in there digging it up, finding it, turning it in, getting paid. They're called artisanal miners, which means they're in there digging it by hand and they're not using equipment. And that's supposed to be forbidden by all major companies around the world, even though that's how a big majority of it's brought out. It's funny that the United States, through one of the congressional acts, just passed a requirement here in the United States that our electric vehicles be like something like mostly made in the U.S. Of course, they can source parts from all over the world, and apparently they're going to be sourcing from the, the DRC, but some of it has to be sourced from the United States, or put together in the United States, but they're not willing to put on paper, by the way, if you try to source this from an unscrupulous place or someone using slave labor, you know, you won't be allowed to get imported into the United States. We have that control. We do, and little little sidebar, little tidbit of information. So lithium-ion batteries used to be very unstable, and they used to thermally overrun, or they would overheat and catch on fire well an expert and i don't know if it was uh, musk's group or who it was but they realized if they put a very small percentage of cobalt in each battery it cools them down and stabilizes them so hence that's why they're using so much cobalt now and it's a very small amount in each battery but they're producing so many and with the new push to go all electric in certain states by a certain amount of time that means that the mining over there will go up 400% in the next five years. So they are basically pushing to use child and slave labor. Pretty much. Because if you know that's where it comes from, even if you don't want to say that's where it's, it's coming from, you're part of the problem. Yes, and all the other countries that have it have it in very small percentages, like Canada has about 4%, the USA has about 3%. Russia has about 4%, so all of the other countries combined still don't get anywhere close to. And wasn't Hunter Biden involved in helping China do a land deal where the cobalt is here in the United States? Affirmative. So let's keep talking about things that are happening overseas for a moment. Did you know that King Charles III has officially evicted Prince Andrew from Buckingham Palace. So even with everything that went on with the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, even with everything that went on with her as far as stripping Prince Andrew of his titles and um, removing him as a, a working royal and active royal family member, he still was allowed to keep an office with an address in Buckingham Palace. But King Charles has taken that away. Interesting. And apparently he's also 
Um, there something to the effect of they are looking at stripping all of his titles. Apparently, he had also inherited a title from his dad, and they're looking at completely stripping every single vestige of royalty that he has left. So then he must have been a bad man. Seems like it. Yes. So you know who our former speaker, well, she's still the speaker of the house for another week or so. So where did she go around 8 August 2022? Do you have any idea? She did a road trip. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. She went to Taiwan. Oh, yes. She went to Taiwan. She did her stopover, I think, in Hawaii and then went to Taiwan and did a few other stops along the way. So one of our listeners had a question for us, and I promised that person that I would do a little bit of research, kind of dive into the China-Taiwan conflict Mm -hmm. and what it's all about, why it's so heated. Well, let's go back to 8 August 2022, when the Speaker of the House of Representatives for the U.S. of A. went to Taiwan against the wishes of the Chinese regime. So because she did that, China then held their biggest show of military force in the air and seas around Taiwan, including the firing of a ballistic missile. That was the most force they had shown ever, or aggression against Taiwan. So why does Taiwan look bad in the light of China? Why does China feel like they need to take Taiwan back under their rule. Because they don't want anyone who has broken away from them. That includes Taiwan and Hong Kong. Yes, and see, Taiwan looks at it a little bit differently. So they see a self-ruled Taiwan as a breakaway province that will eventually be under Beijing rule. President, how do you say his name, Jinping? As said, reunification with Taiwan must be fulfilled and has not ruled out the use of military force. So let's go back to when Taiwan and they had departing of the seas, so to speak. So in 1895, the island came under full Chinese control in the Qing, during the Qing dynasty. It's Q-I-N-G. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that properly, but that's how I would say it. That works. Okay. So in the 17th century is when they took control. In 1895, they gave up the island to Japan after losing the first Sino-Japanese War. China then took the island back in 1945 after Japan had lost World War II to America and its allies. But a civil war had erupted in mainland China between nationalist government forces led by Chiang Kai-shek and Mao Zedong's Communist Party. The Communist Party ended up winning and they took control in 1949 of mainland China. Well, Chiang Kai-shek and what was left of the Nationalist Party fled to Taiwan where they have ruled for decades. So therein lies the rub between the two. 
is China points to this part in history and says that Taiwan was originally a Chinese province. But the Taiwanese point to the same history and say they were never part of modern China. And it was first formed after the revolution of 1911 or the People's Republic under Mao in 1949. So currently at this time, there's only 13 countries that recognize Taiwan as an actual independent country. And we're, I always thought we were one. My paper rattling. We are not. Washington's policy has normally been strategic ambiguity, which means that they are unsure having to defend Taiwan how we would defend them. We always look at it as a one-China policy, even though our current president muffed up a little bit here a few months ago when asked if we would defend Taiwan, and he said yes, and then his State Department had to run it back. And in fact, there was a, um, a meeting in the South Pacific, and one of the top military leaders was actually asked about that to comment on it, and he had no idea that Biden had actually said that at the time that he was asked to comment. So Biden had essentially opened mouth, insert foot. Well, it's amazing how some of these smaller countries that we've either, we have either trampled over once ourselves in Africa or other countries or Taiwan. Do you know what Taiwan is popular or famous for? Electronics. Computer chips. They hold 65% of the market in sales and computer chips, which originally was the scuttlebutt as to why potentially Pelosi went over there because her husband is heavily invested in computer chips. In computer chips in one of the companies that's held in Taiwan. And I believe her son accompanied her on that trip. And there was a big to-do about him accompanying her. Because he might take over the family business type yeah, of He's going to probably run the over. business. But it doesn't surprise me that our... So to me, this is a lead-in to a potential war that... What our president says can potentially cause international tension and then possibly war. And if you want to look at things honestly, we're funding the war in Ukraine. So we are a part of a war already. And one of those things, just going to bring it up, Trump was accused of continually going to be the cause of World War III or that he was going to get us involved in another war. He was going to either cause it or get us involved in, et cetera. And here we have a president who is involved in another war, who is aiding a country in said war. And then we have his stance and what he's saying with Taiwan to potentially get us into another war. Well, it's because these geopolitical people and the ones that run the State Department are war hawks, and they're, believe it or not, 100%, not 95% dims, mm -hmm. almost to a person. Yeah, so just another few points on Taiwan. As far as Taiwan is concerned, China has been sending warplanes and has been making a visual show of force in Taiwan, so they've sent 39 planes and three ships in a 24-hour period um, with their show of force, and they continue to harass Taiwan. 
they Taiwan had to activate its defense defensive fighter jets because of the harassment that the uh, Chinese military and uh, aircraft and naval vessels were uh, showing. So there is quite a bit going on in the area recently. Yes, and it's very unfortunate that they get us into situations like this because it just takes, like you said, a stroke of a pen or a miscalculation on our part, and then there's an all-out war, and then it's not the people in D.C. or the leadership that suffers. It's their people, their citizenry. Because unfortunately, Taiwan cannot defend itself against China. Not a full invasion, no. No, because China only has about, just in airplanes, about 5,500, and I think Taiwan has about 400. They've actually been crossing over into Taiwanese territorial waters here recently, which they had not done in a long time. And that was the act of one person thinking she would go over there and like she's showing something spectacular when in fact she is potentially lighting off a powder keg. And it's not just Taiwan that is working on its military presence over in Asia. Japan is actually ramping up their security and their military spending. Right, because I don't think they can trust us anymore. You know, after World War II, they had to sign an agreement that they would not build a war machine. They would have stuff for self-defense only, and we would help defend them. Yep, as of 1946, their new constitution said that they were essentially going to be a pacifist country, and they could not have a, a military that was bigger than a specific number. And I think those days are over, and they're actually going to start building their military back up. Yes, yeah, so um, within the last couple of weeks, they decided to not only double the defensive spending from 1% of their GDP to 2% over the next five years, but they are also acquiring counter-strike capability so they can hit enemy missile launch sites. And it's essentially considered earth-shattering because they are changing their position. Well, I do believe that North Korea has been launching... They've been doing Test that missiles, for, their direction. They've been doing that for decades. Uh, even when I was in Japan as a foreign exchange student in 2002, 2003, same thing was going on. They do that every so often to show their, their force, and they launch into the Sea of Japan. It was a big deal when they launched over Japan. That was a pretty big deal. But they've decided here, there in Japan that enough is going on with China not just North Korea, but also with China, that they were going to start ramping up their defense budget. Very interesting. One thing I will say about China, they have a COVID problem. Are they admitting that it exists? or? Well, I don't know if they're admitting that there is or not. However, they have administered 3409000000 697,000 doses of vaccine for their population of 1.4 billion or whatever it is thereabouts. Don't quote me on the exact number. And unfortunately at this time, 3.7 million folks daily are catching COVID. Wow. And it is an unusual strain. This one they're calling BF.7, which is actually BA5.2.1.7. 
And if the current run stays as projected by January, 4.2 million people per day will test positive for COVID. That's a R factor of 20. So every one person that gets infected, 20, they will infect. Wow. They're expecting a potential of 1.3 to 2.1 million deaths based on current modeling. And I don't know if this is the fact that they kept everybody locked up. So the original Omicron and the first BA didn't have the opportunity to rifle through its population and build up natural immunity to go along with all their vaccinations to give them a good hybrid base. Um, However, if you do the math on how many people live in China, divided by the amount of doses administered, that was enough. That was 122% of the population. And still only 66% of the 80-year-olds and older have had one shot. 40% have had a booster. And uh, 86% of the population that's over 60 has been vaccinated, yet it is still rifling. They can't stop it. Through the country, they cannot stop it. Although the death numbers up till this point have been very low, so maybe they did do a lot right, but now it's catching up to them, and now potentially there's going to be a lot go wrong because they're not stopping international travel. Therefore, that gives this thing the opportunity to boomerang back to other countries and fire up and take off like there's no tomorrow. And maybe that's why Moderna, I believe it is, has signed agreements with Canada UK. UK and Australia to produce 200 million vaccines annually. It's not working, but let's keep doing it. It's lost its efficacy, but let's keep doing it. Well, China's even invented an aerosolized vaccination, so you can actually just spray it in your nostrils. Don't they go around and just spray it in the air? Yes. Spray all kinds of stuff. Yes, they're just spraying everything. Yeah, yes, that's what they're doing. Got any local news? We got some local news. We have, well, California news. So California attempted to pass a gun control bill that was modeled after Texas heartbeat ban. And a judge has ruled that you can't do to guns what Texas did with abortion. So private citizens could have sued anyone for aiding and abetting an abortion in Texas, but um, the state didn't enforce that particular law, and there's basically no one to sue to block it from taking effect, but providers are still worried that it can hurt their practice. So here in California, they decided to do a bounty hunter type mechanism in the banning of assault weapons. So you can sue on behalf, you know, if you, if somebody else has committed a crime type of thing, you can sue them, but that is not going to apparently take effect. Well, doesn't a lot of this stuff uh, take away personal accountability? It does. We seem to think that on, uh, On one hand, people and children are independent enough that they can make very difficult decisions at a very young age. 
and they can be life-altering decisions, and they want to say that children can make those decisions, but then these other decisions, which seem to be on par with these life-altering decisions, are all of a sudden, no one is responsible enough to do it on their own, and we need to basically bring everybody else with us. Yeah, right, so it's selective outrage, and it's selective accountability, and... Guns are inanimate objects. They sit in most people's gun cabinets. They don't sit there and shake, rattle, and roll saying, I want to go out and do something bad. It has to have a vessel or a person behind it to make it work. Right. So you have to find that person accountable for their actions. Sorry. Uh Uh-oh. Flu outbreak across America right now in dogs. Oh. Our dogs are catching the flu. Please get your dogs vaccinated. Wow. So we just had a $1.7 trillion spending bill pass. That's a lot of zeros. That's a lot of zeros. And I haven't had a chance to look at everything. And, well, neither have our representatives because it was over 4,000 pages long. And they release it in the middle of the night and then vote on it in 10 seconds. So we really never know what's in there until after It goes into effect, but one of the things that has been pointed out so far is that um, we're protecting the borders of other countries, but we're not going to be protecting our own borders. And we are, let's see, let's talk about a couple of the things that have come up. Why would you want to protect your own borders? Um, Yeah, why wouldn't you want to? So there's um, inflation-inducing spending. So there's $800 billion in non-defense funding, a $68 billion increase over last year. We're already having an inflation problem, but hey, let's print more money. And then more for the IRS. So there's going to be more than $12.3 billion to the Internal Revenue Service that's on top of the $80 billion that was already given in the Inflation Reduction Act. Massive increases for the EPA enforcement, an additional or a total of $10 billion for the EPA. More climate change initiatives, $2 billion in climate and environmental programs. $3.4 billion for climate change action plan for renewable energy programs at the DOE. ICE cannot coordinate with state and local uh, law enforcement on illegal immigrants, on either finding, getting, removing. They want to put restrictions on ICE working with state and local law enforcement. And they are now underfunding Border Patrol and ICE ERO, the removal operations portion. And there are no increases to account for inflation, so they are underfunding them. He just fits right in with the Pelosi's and all of them. Who's that? This young congressman-elect who embellished his record to almost everything he said about his uh, business background and his qualifications were untrue. Oh, great. He just came forward and said, sorry, that was pretty much a lie. So jumping back to continue on this uh, wasteful spending... So $1.9 billion to support agencies to help manage the high volume of migrants arriving at the southern border. 
says CBP cannot use the funding to improve or expand physical border security. The $1.9 billion is essentially to help after they've done the catch and release to help them after they re- have released them. And then millions for UN family planning, $575 million for family planning, and $32.5 million for the United Nation Population Fund, which in the past has supported Chinese population control programs. That's where your money's going. Well, as every omnibus bill or all these other bills with all the poor kid in them, they've got the best interest of themselves at heart. The true nature of things that need to be handled will not get handled. It'll spiral out of control. And then during the next cycle, they'll say, well, we've got a problem. We're the ones here that can fix it. So just vote for me or let me pass this bill. So we're broke. Who cares? It's just a cycle. It's their cycle of life. Yep. Keep funding themselves with all. I bet you if you follow the money, which we always should, but sometimes we're told we can't do and they won't release information under FOIA. But I bet if you followed the money, you would find donors. You would find all of the the encircled people. Yep. The, the 1%? The 1%. Hey, didn't we just agree in that bill to send Patriot missiles to Ukraine? Yes, we to did. fight against Russia? Well, we did. they may be going to the peace tables. Hopefully they do. Yes. All good wars must end in peace. After everything's broken, broken thousands and of people bombed died. Out, death. Yep. And hundreds of millions, if not billions, have been spent. Wow. Yeah, well, I am hopeful for peace, but there is, it's not going to be getting back to normal anytime soon. Nope. So in the worlds of um, money and what the rich elitists are spending their money on, I don't know if you heard, but Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor of Georgia Georgia twice. She actually raised a hundred million dollars for her campaign. So what does she get to do with that money? Well, apparently she has already spent it all and she's broke. And so she let all of her staff go before they thought they were going to get let go because she has no money. Hundred million dollars. So how do you spend a hundred million dollars unless you're hiding some of it or you spent it on some personal items? That's a lot of money to spend. Yes. For running for office. For an office like that. Yes. So they some of the things that she spent it on included the rental of a home in a very nice area of Atlanta. Um and Stacey Abrams envisioned this home to be a hype house for TikTok videos. So apparently she wanted to rent a house to be a hype house for TikTok videos. Some aides occupied the empty house. It was, they didn't use it as much as they thought they were going to use it for. So then she had aides that worked out of there. And now that particular space can be rented for $12,500 a month. On the campaign's youth outreach, 
part of their strategy was to have a swag truck and it would be a pop-up shop where they would hand out merchandise such as t-shirt and hoodies. So she had a lot of her money spent on t-shirts and hoodies that they would just hand out. Um, She just paid a bunch of consultants and and staffers and it's just again one of those things where they just don't know where the money goes because they pay this consultant and that consultant probably another one percenter mm-hmm. and uh, so here is one thing i do agree with since she is did actually raise quite a bit of funds many of her employees in the campaigns were given generous salaries when compared to other candidate teams now i don't consider this a generous salary but apparently in the world of canvasser jobs, it was considered exorbitant. They paid $15 an hour for canvassers to go out. And in, in our world, in California world, $15 an hour is minimum wage. So I don't consider that an exorbitant rate, but apparently they do in paid canvasser jobs. In the world of politicking? Yes. But... She had 180 full-time staffers, so maybe a little bit too big, a little bit too many, Um, but $100 million. Well, she probably really wanted to win, but she just had a bad message. Yeah, she said, well, part of her message was that the ultrasound machine, or the, sorry, my misspeaking there, the Doppler, which they use to check the baby's heart rate or heartbeat when you're pregnant. She said that that was a manufactured sound to try to force women to have babies. Like I said, she probably (laughs) wanted to be governor, but she had a terrible message. A non-scientific one at that. Yes, definitely that part of it was non-scientific, but obviously she didn't have enough for the folks there in Georgia. True story. Who won? Brian Kemp. He won his re-election. And they they ran against each other in 2018. And she lost. Yes, and she never conceded, by the way. Well, then she hasn't lost. She's still the winner Mm. in her mind. From 2018. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. (laughs) She didn't concede in 2018. So she's been governor for four years. Yeah, she has, according to her, because she never conceded. So a couple things I would like to bring up with regard to our Congress. So they dropped the ball on again, again on addressing sentencing disparities. So they had a bill that they didn't end up getting through. They didn't address it, which is to uh, rectify the problem with cocaine sentencing disparities federally. They, even though they're chemically very similar, crack cocaine is considered a cheap drug and powdered cocaine is an expensive drug. Um, So it's really, to me, a rich people, poor people problem because rich people are typically not smoking crack. But anyway, um, there has been a big sentencing disparity federally between those who get caught with powder cocaine versus those who get caught with crack cocaine. 
So for instance, if you were arrested for five grams of crack with the intent to distribute, it has a five-year minimum mandatory sentence, but the same amount of time given for powder cocaine, you can have up to 500 grams. That's interesting. And you would both, both of those have sentences of five years. It's also a mandatory 10 year minimum sentence for five kilograms, five kilograms of powder cocaine, but you only need to have 50 grams of crack cocaine for a minimum 10 year sentence. So they were going easy on blue collar people? They were, no. Versus white collar? They were going easy on the white collar. That's what I meant, going easy on the white collar versus blue collar. Because the cheap drug will get you more time in jail and the expensive drug will get you, you have to have a whole lot of it to get the same amount of time. I mean, five kilos, that's 2.2 pounds a kilogram. So you can have over 10 pounds of powdered cocaine and you can't have 50 grams you have 51 grams I mean, yeah but 50 grams of crack will get you the same charge and time as 10 over 10 pounds wonder who implemented this sentencing this level of sentencing i'm gonna vote joe biden and his cronies back in the 90s probably but i am gonna actually have to look Look at it Absolutely. Disparity in everything, isn't there? Oh, okay. Okay, I found it. It was actually caused by a 1986 drug bill. Joe Biden was still in Congress in 1986, but it wasn't his 1994 crime bill. Whose bill was it? Bob Dole. War hero Republican Bob Dole. Bob Dole. It was the Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986, and it was sponsored by Bob Dole. Let's see. Oh, 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 oh. Got a couple of co-sponsors. Joe Biden. Yep. Oh, I was close. I was wrong on the year. Still a co-sponsor, though. Yep. So it was actually a... Um, oh, what would you call that? A bipartisan bill. So it was sponsored by a Republican, but then it was co-sponsored by 29, looks like about 29 Congress people. Democrat, Republican, I mean, all over, states all over too. West Virginia, Robert Byrd. Don't know if you remember him. Robert KKK Byrd, yeah, I know who he is. Um, that was one of Hillary's heroes. Yep. Paula Hawkins, Republican of Florida. Pete Wilson, Republican of California. Yep. Good old Pete. Orrin Hatch, Hatch, Mm -hmm. Utah. Utah. So you also had Phil Graham, Republican of Texas. You had Christopher Dodd. Democrat. Connecticut. Yep. Yep. So it was, it was all over. Well, it would be interesting to find out what their mindset was as to why they felt one drug over the other. 
demanded a lot more jail time? Was it that they were all racist and against the subclass that generally did the rock cocaine? Or were they trying to protect white-collar people to allow them to have more and get caught and not suffer the same consequence? It seems like it. Protecting the wealthy. Yes. And protection of the wealthy. So even if it wasn't a race issue, you still have a class or class warfare, class yes. issue. Yes. yes. So either either way, it's bad. Or maybe either way, and it could be racism. It could be elitism. Maybe friends of theirs were traffickers. So they wanted to make sure they were protected. Make sure they hey, were protected a little bit more than four point nine five kilos. Don't go to five. Don't get your five pa- your five pounds. Don't get your five kilos. Crazy. Hey, so. Jumping back just a smidge to China, this has to do with drugs, though. So one of the things that TikTok does is it promotes drugs and violence here in the United States. It's been shown that if you sign up, especially as a minor, but if you sign up for TikTok, some of the first videos that are being pushed your way are violence and drugs. So we already have a drug problem here in the United States, but I guess they want to make sure that fentanyl that's coming out of China has a place to land. That is true. And you know that the federal government just passed a law, and I do believe that the president may have signed it, banning TikTok from government devices. Oh, now we're okay with it. But when Trump said it, man, that was just, he was just a dumb old white guy who didn't like cool kids. It's amazing how this all comes out and it plays itself out over time. Because if TikTok is an arm of the Chinese communist military and they're using it to prey on our kids, then it needs to be banned as a software or an app in America, period. Absolutely. So have you ever read the book 1984? I read the foreword and like the first 10 pages. Okay, so in 1984, they have the thought police. And you can get arrested and reprogrammed if you have the wrong thoughts. Facebook. So, did you know that the United Kingdom has been enforcing... Essentially, what would be a thought police executive um, arm for the, or not executive arm, but acting as the thought police and arresting people for their infractions? I believe it, and I believe that Canada does it as well. So, authorities in the United Kingdom arrested a pro life woman for praying outside of an abortion clinic. Apparently, they put into practice a um, an inability to protest outside of a clinic. And they had um, it was it was considered a public space protection order or a censorship zone, and it criminalizes individual for engaging in any act, of approval or disapproval or attempted act of approval or disapproval, which includes any verbal or written means, praying or counseling in relation to abortion in the UK. 
So if you go out and you're praying over the people, you know, verbally praying over the people who are going in and out of the abortion clinic, you can get arrested. So what, so what if it's like America where that is evenly split 50, 50, about 50% are pro this and 50% are anti this. So who gets to pick which one's the better of the two? Whoever's in power at the time. Uh, I get that. And does it make it right though? Well, no. Who's speaking for the other 50%? They're just the minority, even though it's evenly split. They had the one up, so they get the police speaking for, you know, enforcing whatever action they decided to enforce. Now, in this particular case, the ADF, which is the Alliance Defending Freedom, are a private group that are attempting to assist this particular lady in her charges. Now, it was illegal to verbally pray over people. It's illegal to pass notes, and it's illegal to say words to the individuals, um, either pro or against. You're just not supposed to do that. But apparently, her infraction was standing, not blocking any way for the people to get in, standing out in front of the building, and saying a silent prayer in her head. So that's where the thought, thought police, police, because she was standing there silently praying. praying. And then they had to ask her, well, I mean, they interrogated her, they arrested her, they interrogated her, so what she was praying in her head, and then the fact that she was praying was enough, so they charged her. What the heck's wrong with these people? You can't occupy a place we say you can't stand in publicly in front of a public area and you can't have thoughts in your head that run counter. But it was okay for the monarchy for how many hundreds of years to go around the world, slaughter people against their will, take their land and their natural resources. That was all okay, though. Correct. Makes no sense. It does not. So our military, um, the Navy had a policy in place that we've discussed in the past, which is up or out. If you don't move up the ranks, then you can get booted out because you haven't promoted in the period of time based on your rank. Apparently, the Navy has halted that policy because they don't have enough people to fill the positions. And so instead of booting people out who maybe do want to stay, they will stop that practice, at least for the time being. So they don't have enough people to operate our warships, our airplanes, our ground equipment, or any of that stuff. Correct. What another cycle we're in. Yep. I mean, they started um, stopping people from getting out of the military after 9-11, and they were forcing people to stay in longer than they thought they were going to have to stay. So we are just in another, that would make it a 20-year cycle. Wow. This thought police's head right here says people are nuts. Yeah, It's scary. It's a scary place. Well, well in my head and 
Well, it is because all these people are supposed to be uber educated. They're supposed to have all the right answers. And it seems like nine times out of 10, they have all the wrong answers or solutions. That's why Rome and other countries are no longer in existence. That's why the Mayans, the Incas, that's why they're all gone. Because you had a superior force, which is what we appear to be at the present time, yet we're eating ourselves alive. And in a very short amount of time, the United States of America is going to be non-existent. We're going to blow ourselves up from the inside out. Well, some great, not great, but some Russian leader did say that once, that they would never have to invade us because we chew ourselves up from inside out. Just like our FBI. Yeah, FBI, CIA, other acronymed agencies. Yeah, they're the thought police now. They're trying to dictate to us what we should say. What we can and can't say, they've been helping to suppress speech, uh, working with our social media companies, making sure that people can't say things that are against the uh, government, apparently. Do you know what a Roomba is? Yeah, I'm looking for a life-size one to work in our hangar so we can uh, Roomba the hangar floor. Yeah, so apparently a woman's Roomba robot vacuum took pictures of her while she was on the toilet and somehow posted those photos to Facebook. So it's Wi-Fi capable? Yes. Or Bluetooth? That's how I believe it Like tracks your room. You can set up what area you want it to vacuum, when you want it to vacuum. So I'll bet it was hacked, just like people can hack these new smart refrigerators and your smart thermostat and your smart cameras and your smart garage door opener. They can they can watch you, whoever they is. Wow. Yeah, apparently it was a Roomba J7 series robot vacuum. And the photos were sent by iRobot to Scale AI, a startup that contracts workers to label audio, photo, and video data to train artificial intelligence. And the internet-connected devices captured a group of workers, uh, which included a woman who was going to the bathroom, and then captured those photos and videos, and then sent them back to the cloud for review, However, MIT Technology Review obtained 15 screenshots of, a, of the private photos that were posted to closed groups on social media sites like Facebook. So it makes me think that when it was taking the pictures, it sent them to get you know recorded and reviewed, and the people who were doing that... A little pervert that worked there then took saw them and posted them on in a, a Facebook media group. Site. Yes. Yep. So then that would mean that the um, the robot is, in fact, recording you and other people have access to that. Moral of the story, get rid of your Roomba. Apparently. Or put your Roomba on an electronic leash. It's really scary to think about because, um, I mean, imagine if your children are changing, now you have... Those pictures can make it around the internet. Not just, I mean, adults are. Well, it's, that it's that bad within itself happen, is but. scary. However, the technology we have now, where we're tracked by every stoplight now, everywhere you drive, every store you go into, and I think I mentioned this 
about 30 or 40 podcasts back for the facial recognition that the government has started to store over the years. You know where that all came from, right? Where? Walmart. Oh. The original Walmart stores had the cameras coming in, and that's where they originally started screenshotting people and putting it into their database. That's how they started originally coming up with the facial recognition. Oh. Because so many millions of people shop. Go to Walmart. Walmart. That was the easiest location for them to start building this database. That is interesting to note. And that's not made up, folks. I saw it on a video. (laughs) And for mine, I would just like to put a caveat that the company claimed with regard to the iRobot that the people knew they were being recorded. Well, so they were part of a study, maybe? They're claiming that they knew that they were being recorded, but did you think that you would be recorded in the bathroom? Would you have gone to the bathroom? Not my chonies. I I wouldn't want to be recorded that way. It's kind of crazy. Well, I don't know. We're in a new crazy now or a new normal. Our new normal is very crazy, and it shouldn't be this normal. This should not be considered normal. Should not. You know what else shouldn't be considered normal? What's that? When we're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars for our IRS, and one, they still can't get it right because you have to tell them how much taxes you owe or don't owe, which is ridiculous for a system to be set up that way. And now we have are sending so much money to the IRS to enforce the laws And not that enforcing the laws is a problem, but the way they're going about it and the way we are doing business is just mind-boggling. But now the IRS is warning people because we're going to get into tax season here next month. It's going to start up again. They are warning people to not count on receiving a tax refund as quickly as they would like to receive it. Well, of course not. Interesting thing, though, to back up just a touch, over 35 years ago, a friend of mine owned an auto repair shop, and he had to pay quarterly taxes, and he used to complain 100% of the time, saying that why does he have to pay an accountant to help him pay his quarterly taxes to show the IRS the amounts I'm supposed to pay? Why is that not their responsibility? And I pay, pay it based on my numbers and what they're sending to me, not the other way around. Yes, I agree. I completely agree with that. Well, then when you make a said mistake, then, oh, you owe us more. How do I know that? You didn't give me the numbers to pay with initially. Yeah, how do you know that? If I don't know that, how do you know that? And I think I've talked about it before. We had a nanny for about six months, and we paid our taxes, and we had to tell them each department, how much, um, whether it was California or feds, how much we paid, how much we withheld, and then we'd have to send checks either monthly or quarterly, depending on which tax it was. There was some that we had to send every month. And then um, after the year, we filed our regular tax return and then also indicated, you know, how much we, we paid and everything. And then a couple of years later, I'm told that I did not pay the right amount and they wanted to not only force me to pay the correct amount, but they also wanted to fine me for not paying the correct amount. And after going back and forth for many months and even printing off my bank statement showing every time I sent money to them 
that I did the right amounts, canceled check stubs, and finally they came back to me and said, oh, it turns out you accidentally overpaid. And then I never heard, and I never got any money back. Of course not. They're not going to pay you a benefit back. They only feel you owe, you owe, you owe, so off to work you go. And it will never be enough. And they don't even want to give you back when you overpay. So if you're counting on your tax refund to be there, just note that the IRS has said that they are probably not going to be timely and expect more audits. That's nice of them. I really appreciate the fact that they go after the wrong people. Yep. They go after the easy targets. That's why. They're not going after the wrong people. They're going after the easy targets. Because they can intimidate you, scare the bejesus out of you, and get you to do or capitulate and do whatever they want you to do. And they do that with a lot of routine. They're used to doing it. And a government worker is going to make their paycheck all day long, so they don't care how it impacts you. And that's just a work day for them, so you have to give up your own personal time to fight them. They do not care. And they have the full force of the government behind them, and you have to pay for an attorney which costs thousands. And they're not going to send you an apology payment for wasting your time either. They should. They should give you 100% of your wages for that year and fines and penalties. For sure. Yeah. Apparently they said with re- for Nancy Pelosi had come out and said that she had nothing to do with security on January 6th. But I guess some of the reporting that they've released has shown that she actually did have something to do with the security on January 6th and her and the people in her office were coordinating security on January 6th for the certification so there was a bunch of incompetence between Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police and with as far as they knew something was going to happen I'm not saying that they knew that there was going to be a break-in in the Capitol, but President Trump had offered to have Capitol Police, or sorry, offered to have a National Guard assist on Capitol Hill, and that was declined. And then they said that Nancy Pelosi never declined anything, and only Trump could have authorized it, but he offered it, and it was declined. Well, we'll see if they do decide to charge him and they do decide to push it. And he does go to trial like he did with the impeachment processes, which both of them were dropped, found not guilty. Then the truth will come out. If there's evidence there that he said what he says he said and his former White House speaker, Kay uh, Maca. Kaylee McEnany? Macaroni and Maca, yeah, that. <laughs> McEnany? Yes, because she says a lot of the stuff that they're saying about him, she was right by his side, and he did not say, so. Well, and some of the testimony that was allowed during the January 6th he- hearing was someone saying that I heard someone who told someone that something happened, you know, that way. Right, and the ones that did break in will be punished, which they are being punished. The truth, the, the you shake the tree, the fruit will come out. They had thousands of cameras there. They had facial recognition. They had electronic data points set up. Everybody knew where everybody was at and who was there. So it'll all come out, just like the Russia collusion hoax and all these other hoaxes. It will come out at some point in time. True story. Yes. 
And for the inquiring mind that wanted to know about China and Taiwan, thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually do a little bit of research and learning a little bit about history going back to the 1850s, 1860s. It's actually pretty cool. Thank you so much. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.